welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you so much for joining us. We uh, come your way, as I tell you, every program, Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com. We have podcasts. That is correct, podcasts. They're also broadcast podcasts, and they come your way uh, on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, and Blueberry and many other locations folks are reposting our interviews to. Thank you so much for doing that. It's greatly appreciated. And as of this particular broadcast podcast, we are at, I cannot believe this, folks, in just over a year and a half. I started podcasting and putting them up on SoundCloud in January of 2018. And we are currently at 23,000 listens. Now, Again, I don't have any points of reference in respect to what that really means. Uh, I have hundreds of interviews up, but 23,000 around the world. It's just amazing. One of these days I will pull up the list of uh, uh, countries that are, are, are listening at the top of the list and all of the others. It's just incredible how many of you are listening. And I thank you so much for doing so. And I'm hoping I'm hoping these programs are helpful. I really do. Today's program, uh, of course, is featuring a guest, and uh, we're going to encourage you to touch base with our guest and the work that she is about. We also are asking you to participate in 2020, the year of perfect vision, uh, going within and uh, getting in touch with that still small voice, following your intuition, as well as finding that calm, peaceful place that you can relax, that you can just Take it easy and and recenter yourself uh, for uh, getting re-energized for the the challenges and the opportunities that are ahead. And I guarantee you, there are some great opportunities that are coming our way as we move forward uh, through the 2020s, which, by the way, is going to be the slogan for 2021 through 29. This will be the 2020s, the decade of perfect vision. That's right. We're going from one year to one decade. And we hope that you will spend this decade if you haven't already been doing so. Take five minutes, just five minutes. Stop. Look up at the trees. Listen to the birds. Uh, If you live by the ocean like I do, if you can get to the beach and just for five minutes, just pause and gaze out on the waters as the tides roll in and out and and the surf rolls in and out. If you can stay around long enough to watch the tides roll in and out, so much the better. So we actually hope that you will do that. Uh, and if you'd like to support the work we are doing, you like what we're doing, please uh, support us financially through PayPal and Patreon accounts. They are for your security as well as ours. And, um, you know, we'll take any amount. We're grateful for everything that everybody has, that those who have supported us have given us. And um, we'll take energetic healing and energetic support as well. So thank you so much for joining us here on the program today. Our special guest here on the program, uh, along with her cat, uh, Taylor, our guest is uh, Joyce Isaacson. And she's going to share with us a rather intriguing story about a work that she has uh, put together. And it's called Wish You Were Here, a rock fantasy and um, I will tell you that a little bit of the behind the scenes, I've been supporting her, uh, both just encouraging her as well, but also supporting her with providing some music they're going to use within the audio book, the uh, audible, as it were. Uh, Joyce, thank you so much for being with us. I'm, I'm very intrigued by this, this story, and I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing it. And thank you for being here. And Taylor, too. How old is Taylor, by the way, if I might ask? Um, he's going to be four, I think. Wow. Four years old. Well, he's still a young pup, as it were, yeah. or a kitten. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So let's uh, let's dive right in here. Now, first of all, uh, you're back east, right? I'm in Chicago. In Chicago. Well, for us, it's back east. <laughs> That's the Midwest, <laughs> but but needless to say. Yeah, Chicago. And, Chicago. And you've lived there uh, most of your life, or...? Yes. Um, I lived in Chicago for 17 years, and then I moved to Skokie and lived until I was married and moved back to Chicago. <laughs> and let's dive into this, this story, Wish You Were Here, a rock fantasy. 
something a little different. Uh, I've never heard of a, a rock fantasy. I've heard of rock operas, you know, that kind of thing and, and what have you. Uh, first of all, uh, wish you were here. Where did the, uh, the idea or concept come from? The, you mean the story itself? The, okay. the, the story itself, yes. Where did that come from? Well, actually, it happened in 2013. I think it was in actually in October. My husband had a little radio station called Sound of Good Tunes, and he asked me to put away some CDs, and I came across one, and it was a Badfinger one, but the only one I recognized on there was Joey Molland because I've been trying to, like, see him for ages. And um, so he asked me to put it away, and I took it downstairs with me, and I got curious about it, and I put it on my um, my CD player at the time, and I heard this one song called Rock of All Ages, and I just fell in love with it. It sounded so Beatle-ish and stuff, and I was, like, bowled over by it. And I looked a little bit about the liner notes, and... Um, I, um, let's put it this way, I didn't learn that much about them, but uh, I was just really intrigued by the music and started listening to some of the other music with it. Then my husband came downstairs and I said, about Rock of All Ages, I said, it sounds like a Beatles song. He says, yeah, it does. It sounds like Paul McCartney. I said, yeah, it does. I found out later on that Paul McCartney actually did the backup um, vocals in the song. Wow. So, yeah, then... <laughs> A weird thing happened. Um, I I don't know how this happened, but it did. But I do some what they call meditation. And I was just sitting there meditating on my couch. And I just had finished my meditation. And all of a sudden, one of the guys from that was on that cover came into my living room window. And I had, in my vision, put a spread of food down for him. And he came in, and the first thing he asked me was, what is this, the thirsty whale? And I said, I laughed because I'd heard of it, but I'd never been there. And he says, he said, uh, in this other Polian voice, he says, oh, I've been there quite a few times. And then he started eating pizza and drinking the tea that I left him. And then he said to me, oh, he says, I was told not to come empty-handed. And he came over with this necklace, and he put it around my neck. And I remember looking at it, and I shaped and everything, and I said, oh, I'll never take it off. And then he said to me, well, he says, I'll see you again, and he went right out the window. <laughs> <laughs> and I was freaked, and I got up, and I have a friend who's very much into paranormal, and I asked him about it. And he says, you, I have to come over. And I said, why? He says, I need to come over now. I said, okay. So he came over, and he brought me this book. I didn't see the cover of the book. I said, start paging through the book. So I started paging through the book, and lo and behold, I found the same person that came in through my window wearing that same necklace. So I knew, and my friend knew there was a connection going on or something, mm -hmm. because it was the same, and I've never seen this before in my life. That was the weird thing. There goes my cat. <laughs> <laughs> and... From that point on, my husband had been trying for about, oh, since 2007 or 2008, trying to get me to get onto Facebook, and at the, and I just ignored it till 2013, and I finally said to him, can I join uh, some groups? He said, sure. He says, I'll set you up and everything. You can join some, uh, like, I wanted to zap, do Zeppelin, and, and then he asked for a bad thing to do. So I went into the Badfinger group, and I found out everybody was hurting from something that had happened to them. Mm -hmm. Their manager had stolen all their money, and two of the members of the subconscious, oh gosh, I can't even say the word, um, they, they passed away, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And um, I was very sad about it. My, basically... They were hurting so much that I decided to write to them that um, Tommy, the character that had come in through my window, he, everybody would be in his heart. And everybody loved him. And I was like, my gosh, I'm helping people. And I decided to write a little bit more about what 
they're doing in heaven, Pete and Tommy, because those are the two that subsequently passed away. And I got all these likes and comments. They were all positive. And I was like, oh my gosh, I really am helping people. So I decided at that point, and I couldn't believe this, but I said, okay, there's got to be a backstory. Because how did these people, other people get in there? How did Brian Jones get in there? How did um, the guy from, uh, oh, I can't remember the name of the band now, Free get in there? I mean, (laughs) it was really a crazy situation. Mm -hmm. And um, I said, okay, so I'm writing a backstory about this girl who actually meets Brian Jones in spirit. And I went with her story, with her adventures with Brian until 1983. And at that point, I decided to bring Tommy into it as going to heaven. And I did a very tasteful way. I think I did. And um, every and even before I brought Tommy in, everybody was just enjoying the story the way it was. And when Tommy came in, I mean, all again, so many likes and comments were coming in. I was just pulled over by it. And um, before I knew it, I, I mean, this was on a Badfinger site. And they told me, I was into four, minutes, four months into it, they told me to cap it. And they said, if somebody else comments on it, we're going to, you know, kill it. And I was, I was panicking and I decided, okay, I got to take this story down to my site. Because and I wasn't sure if I got it all, and I I I did find I did get it all finally, and no only two people could find me on my personal page. That was it, two people. And I wrote for them for four months, and somebody one of the guys actually made me my own bad finger site, and we just put down um, drawings instead of pictures because I wasn't sure because the peers were the ones that had all the photos and stuff and. I didn't really know at that time. So I started, all of a sudden I started going out there and collecting people for my site. And then they started coming to me. And I was writing. And before I knew it, I I had like, I would say half a story. And I was just enjoyed doing it. Then they started saying, when are you going to publish it? I'm like, publish it and (laughs) I know nothing about publishing I was I could not believe this and it it turned out that I sat on for a whole year and finished most of the story and then again they were encouraging me to publish it so I said okay it was an archaic um writing at the time so I had to like go to other people, other authors and ask them, well, what do you think about this? And they gave me their advice and everything. And they said, you're in the wrong PVO. You have to change it around. So I went and changed around 800 pages. Wow. Yes. And after changing around 800 pages, I'm like, okay, now I got to figure out about editing it. Then I thought about how am I going to do this? How am I going to publish and I started, I got a woman and she made me a query. I started sending queries out to publishers and boy, did I get turned down. I got turned down like 30 times. Mm. <laughs> and I said, oh, well, I don't know what to do. I decided to uh, publish it myself. Then I ran into a snag. I got, it, I got it edited and it's a real strange story about how I got the money for the editing and who had to do with a shed. And the shed was the, I guess it was compromised or something, and I got money back for it. So I used that for editing and formatting and even the cover. So here I have everything, and all of a sudden I realized something. I got all these dead people in there. (laughs) (laughs) All these dead people. I'm like, so I tried to get a hold of, I got a hold of something called the Lawyers of Creative Arts, and they wouldn't touch me with a 10 foot pole as a pro bono they would not touch me so i was very sad now here's the kicker when i started writing tommy into the story i saw tommy behind me and he said to me joyce he said 
it would be a very boring story if I don't meet someone. I said, well, okay, so who do you want to meet? I mean, I'm talking to my character. He said, how about Janice Joplin? So I said, oh, she's good. We can put her in there. So I wrote her in, and Tommy was very happy about it. And then we started writing in all these other people, all these famous people. It just grew. And when I I was so depressed when um, the pro bono lawyers touched me, and I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, the whole thing has stopped. And Tommy came over to me and he sat down with me on, on the couch. And he said to me, Joyce, he says, you're going to publish. I said, everything's stopped. How can I publish? He said, don't worry. It's going to happen. He said, cut up cardboard. It's going to happen. And I didn't believe him. I said, I can't. He said, yes, you can. He says, get your frustrations out and cut up the cardboard. So I cut up 40 pieces of cardboard. <laughs> Two weeks later, this actually happened. I met on LinkedIn somebody that was actually in my Facebook group that I didn't even know this. He was a lawyer. And I talked to him and I said to him, if you read my story and give me the green light, I will give you a book for free. He said, deal. So I'm freaked out about it. I'm waiting a month for him to finish reading. He finally reads it and says, it's okay. You can publish it. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I can't believe it. I'm going to publish like Tommy knew. Now, I really believe that everything comes from the creator. This is what I do believe. So I published. And I, the book was doing pretty well with the, with the self-publishing and everything. But my heart was into getting a real publisher at the time. Meanwhile, all these different things were happening with Tommy and I. And the reason why I believe Tommy's in my life is because he can, I've got so much confirmation from him. It's really amazing. And one of the confirmations I did get was I wanted to go to Israel and see my brother. And I didn't have the money. And I didn't have, I didn't have anything to do that at that time. And I was sitting on the couch. And Tommy said to me, you're going to go. I said, I don't think so. He says, yes. He says, I want you to imagine yourself there. And we did this for about, oh, my gosh, two months. And um, then all of a sudden I went to a wedding, and my daughter-in-law said to me, she says, you really want to go to Israel, don't you? And I said, yeah. She says, you're going. I said, what? And she says, I'm paying for your trip. <laughs> and it happened. Wow. And I went and I had a great time. And then there were other things with Tommy. He would tell me all the time when my husband would come home. He was right on the money. Mm. <laughs> he would tell me things. The mail's here. He would say, I wouldn't even know if the mail's here. He said, no, the mail's here right now. You got a package. I'm like, okay. And he says, I swear you got a package. And I went outside and I looked and there was the package. And there were other things. I mean, there's a lot of other things that I know. That, um, But the big kicker was that one day I was actually praying to, to God. And I asked him, I said, is he in my life? And is he supposed to be in my life? And that night I had a dream. And in the dream, Tommy was telling me, you're the writer of my story. And I want you to be in my place, in my shoes. And I want you to do exactly everything that I tell you to do. So... We went through the whole dream like that. And when I woke up from the dream, the first thing that came on when the dream was ending was Baby Blue on the radio. And I thought, oh, my gosh, that is just so bizarre because WXRT hardly plays Badfinger. <laughs> <laughs> and there it was. And I told my husband and my husband said to me, yes, he says, that's for you. Now, the other reason why I know Tommy was in my life was because when I was writing the story, and I'll explain the story a little bit. Um, basically, what it is, it's about a rock star battling severe depression, failing to restart his music career, wants to be in heaven where his bandmate is, but he finds himself alone in paradise. This compels him to search for his mate, 
where he meets all these famous musicians and people. And it's a race against time to connect with him before he possibly goes back to the earth plane. Like he's mm-hmm. reborn again. Mm-hmm. So that's basically what the story is about. But when I was writing the story, Tommy said, oh, I love this color black and I love the color purple. And she says, make a black couch for me and let me wear purple clothes. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and he said, my favorite, my favorite food is pizza. I said, really? I said, yeah. He says, put pizza in, the, in there. So I put pizza in there. Years later, I would find out that from his friends that I met, that his favorite colors were black and purple, and one of his favorite dishes that he made was pizza. So I thought that was pretty amazing. And um, so actually people were enjoying the story who um, bought the book. They loved it so much, and they were telling me how much they loved it. And um, the next thing I know, they're saying to me, Joyce, you need to make this a movie. And I'm like, wait a minute, I just made it a book. How am I going to make a movie? <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know what to do. And I found someone on LinkedIn, and I talked to her about it. And she said, she make me a script. And I said, okay, I'll pay them $200, and we'll have a script. So we made a script. And by that time, the weirdest thing had happened to me. I started talking to this one publisher, and we were just talking chit-chat on, on, on LinkedIn. And then I just said to her, one point I said, how about if I send you 25 pages of my story? And she said, sure. So I sent it to her. I'm thinking, oh, you know, this isn't going to happen. And I forgot about it for about three days. And then in the mail, I got, oh, by the way, here's a contract. <laughs> like, what? I was so excited. I was jumping for joy. And and Tommy's like, see, 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 your story is a good story. And I'm like, okay, this is good. And the only thing was we had to change the names. And what happened was when I was going to do the movie, I was told that because I had so many dead people in there that I wouldn't get all the rights for years. And we have to change the names. And I was like freaking out about it. And I was, I had my head down. Tommy said, it's okay. You can change the names. It's going to be all right. And I said, I don't know. I went into the bathroom, washed my face. I came out and the TV popped on. Just popped on. And I'm looking at it. And Tommy says, this is the green light. It's okay. You can do it. And I decided, okay, so I talked to my publisher, she talked to her lawyer, and because we want to have it similar to the um, movie, and we know that that's really important, we change names in the book, but the inspiration, all the inspired people are in the book. They're in, right there in the front, and it says, inspired by this, this, and that, and people are having fun having fun figuring out who's who and I was able to keep Thomas as T-O-M-A-S and and it's still Thomas so it's fine with me and um, I'm really happy and then I was like my gosh I'm I wanted to do an audiobook on top of all this and um I was trying to um, partner with somebody and see if I could do that. But then I thought about, oh, wait a minute, my publisher's got to be involved in this or something. And how do we do this? And then a couple of days later, um, she got in touch with me and she had said to me, how would you like to have an audio book of your story? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, yes, oh, definitely. And people are, like, really excited about this. My friends on Facebook are excited. I'm excited. I have. I I tried. We tried one narrator, and it was never mind him. And I had a dream, and in the dream, I actually, I actually heard the narrator 
And I knew from that point on that I was going to get somebody that sounded pretty much like him, like Tommy. And I told my my publisher about it. I said, this dream has got to come true. And again, something happened. I met somebody on LinkedIn. He couldn't do it, but he sent me to somebody that he thought could do it. And I couldn't believe it. He, he's really good. This person is really, really good doing it. Mm. It's, so there's a, a lot, lot going on. And we're doing the sequel. And oh, wow. the sequel's going to be, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be on um, pre-order soon. We're going into the first book to put links to my newsletter. I do have a newsletter, and it does have some bad finger-related stuff in there. And it also talks about um, some of the paranormal stuff that I have. It's really an interesting newsletter. And when people join my newsletter, they get my Rock Dreams Fantasy book. And it's all pictures of rock stars and little tidbits about them, all drawings that I did from 2000 and, um, no, to, no, sorry, 1978 to 2015. And it's a really cool book. Wow. So everybody gets that. It's it's free. Wow. That's very cool. Go ahead. I was going to (laughs) say, you don't look that old. I'm 60. Okay. And you said you were growing since you were 19, in 1978. I graduated high school in 78. Come on now. But uh, you have brought up so many different things, uh, so many different directions that, that we could go here. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about, first of all, uh, your philosophical upbringing. That's, that's the word that I use now uh, to, to try to get people to share where they're coming from philosophically or or spiritually you I mean you talk about Tommy in this conversation you're having with him constantly uh, and tell yes. and he and Tommy is telling you uh, yes or no go left go right got those kinds of things to me that's like our intuition tell me about your uh, philosophical if you will uh, or spiritual upbringing well I was actually I'm Jewish and I was actually um very on on the conservative side but my my mom i guess my great my great grandma she was a very spiritual person and she believe it or not she learned a lot of things from the gypsies and stuff like that and from a very early age i was dealing with spirits actually mm-hmm. and i was a my mom she would sometimes believe me, and other times she was scared of me. <laughs> it was a really such weird situation. And I always believed in God. That I've always believed in. And at times, it's like, I always believed that everything came from him. Because that's what I was taught. And this is where I'm at. I really believe that God brought him into my life as sort of as a helper. Like, everything has, um, like, we're all tools to help each other, whether it's friends, whether it's other family members, even spirits help, and angels. But I don't believe anything is separate from God. That's something I really don't believe in. Mm -hmm. And um, as my journey as a writer, as a mother and everything, my journey, I went through a period where I was going with somebody that wasn't Jewish. And um, for some reason, I, I turned around and I started going towards my religion. And um, which was very interesting because I, in the million years, didn't think I'd ever marry an Orthodox man. <laughs> hmm. And, yeah, and um, I did, actually, and I'm really happy that, you know, he's he's a little bit like Darren in some ways because um, Tommy likes to play with the TV upstairs when I'm, I'm in panic mode. He will play with the TV to get my, get his attention to come down and see me. So that, that has happened. Mm. 
So I know that but, the, um, the spirit world, as uh, many call it, uh, the other side, although I honestly, uh, I honestly do not believe that there is an other side, that there's only one side. And if either you see or experience or hear or a sense uh, these entities or essences, spirits, whatever you want to call them, or you don't, uh, just depends upon your, your, maybe your level of consciousness in one sense or your openness. Um, for you, uh, whether your consciousness is raised or not, somehow, somewhere along the way, you were not programmed to not believe that these things exist. And so you were open to receiving, and all of a sudden you have this entity, if you will, Tommy, who you you have this, this relationship with. I mean, it's pretty incredible. And, you know, it's, it's not, I mean, we have fat friends in this material world. Uh, some we'll call our best friend, you know, and, and we hang with them and we communicate with them on a regular basis, maybe on the phone, maybe Facebook, maybe social media. Maybe in person, and all of those things. the The other aspect too is is this uh, uh, this story, which is rather interesting, and it almost it's sort of in a general sense sort of parallels the journey you've been on in developing all of this, and how this all has come to be from the book to the movie to the audiobook, and how it sounds to me like the story that you've written uh, is where uh, this individual who is trying to reconnect with his mate, right? Um, yes. Comes across all of these different people, these, okay, who, what, give, sort of give him clues to the next, to the next step and the next step. It's kind of almost like a, a, a what do they call it, a scavenger hunt. Almost like a scavenger yes. hunt or a treasure hunt. And that's kind of what you've been on in that respect. Although for you, it does, it sounds to me like, there really wasn't. There really wasn't an end game to this. There was there wasn't a pot of gold at the end of this. It was one thing led to another. Oh, hey, this is kind of cool. That led to another. Oh, this is kind of cool too. That led to another, and so forth. So your journey has sort of been the treasure. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. Now you say you married an Orthodox uh, gentleman. Who is yes. also? Am I correct? Uh, would I be correct in saying he's he's uh, in he's an IT person? Yes. Okay. Yes, he is. So he's very intellectual. He's very logically minded, right? <laughs> very much. Okay. So, <laughs> how has he received this very illogical aspect of Joyce? Well, it's an interesting thing. Um, he started to, I started telling him a little bit about what was going on with me, but he didn't really pick it up until one day I was in the kitchen. He was watching the baseball game and all of a sudden I was thinking of Homer Simpson and Marge Simpson and I yelled out Homer and all of a sudden the other team hit a home run. <laughs> And my husband was like, what? He came in and said, I can't believe it. You said, Homer, and this is what happened. He says, oh, now I'm really starting to believe in what you're telling me. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Well, first of all, I like him already because he's IT, but I like him even more because he's a baseball fan. I, oh, yeah. I, I absolutely love the game. I, I'm originally from Phoenix, and I'm so thankful to the baseball gods that I can honestly say I come from a World Series town. Because I loved baseball. As a kid growing up, we would listen to the Dodgers play on a Phoenix radio station. They would carry the games. And, and I thought, boy, it sure would be cool if we got a major league team, which we finally did in the, uh, in the mid-90s. Uh, boy, I, it's going to be years before they ever make it to the playoffs and maybe even the World Series. And who knew? Four years later, they're in the World Series. With who other than the perennial Yankees? I mean, we're going up <laughs> yes. against the best of the best here. And we managed to pull it off. It was an, And so I was so excited about that. But I don't have a team that I root for, per se, these days. I just love watching the game. It, it, it's it's everything that's going on between those lines and the diamond in the outfield. 
it's just uh, it's fun to watch play uh, play uh, uh, ch- armchair manager. Okay, what are we going to do here? And whether it's you're on <laughs> offense or defense, it's just it's just fascinating. Anyway, um, so what about any contradictions between your experiences and your philosophical upbringing, or have you been able to find examples? in your uh, uh, spiritual beliefs and or the writings, the Torah and so on and so forth, that support oh, yeah. everything that's been happening to or almost everything that has happened to you and especially this conversation, ongoing conversation you have with Tommy or Thomas. Thomas, yeah. Um, well, I was in this one class with this one rabbi and he had my jaw like this uh, open. He was just saying so much stuff, and it was just so amazing. It was so spiritual that I had to talk to him, and I told him at the time about a particular soul that was in my life before Tommy was in my life. And he started telling me, okay, there are certain rules that you need to follow. I'm like, okay, what are they? And he said, one of them is you can't ask them questions, and you can't ask them to pray for you. But everything else is okay. Hmm. You know, that was that was it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, then I'm I'm going to do this. You know, I I really you know, this is who I am. I can't help being who I am. Right. You know, this is, it's been my life. I mean, the first time that it ever happened to me, I prayed for a particular soul. He came into my life, and the first thing he said to me, Joyce, I was murdered. And I'm like, I had no idea at that time. I didn't even know if he really was in my life. And I was only 17 years old. And when you're 17-year-old and you're dealing with a soul, and you're dealing with your parents, and you're dealing with your family and everything, and you're dealing with who you are going to be or who you, you know, there's a lot of frustration there. Because you're only a certain age. And I was so frustrated. And it took me a while to actually start believing that this was happening. Mm. I wow. thought for a while I was going crazy. Then in, 19, then in 1981, I actually had a dream. And in this dream, he showed me how he was murdered. He showed me. And in 18. 18- 84, a book came out with him, um, a guy who saw the murder of this person. And he, and it was exactly what I saw. So, and then from that point on, I started to believe. And by 1994, it came out. He was murdered. So hmm. I was like, wow, you know, that was just an amazing situation. And just, I can't help like I said, I can't help being me. <laughs> no, you, you've got to be who you are. I'm curious about the relationship you have with your friends, because uh, you say you were born and raised in Chicago, moved to New York, then back to Chicago again. So Not born in New York. I was. I went to Skokie. Skokie. Okay. Skokie is the suburb of Chicago. I beg your pardon. And I have a lot of good friends. I have a lot of supportive friends. And that's what brought me, that helped me a lot. I have a, one girlfriend, she says, well, if Tommy says something to you, you should believe it. It's <laughs> just because I'm always waiting for the next confirmation. Always. Yeah. And until it comes, I'm like, mm, you know, I don't believe it. He just, but, he, um, just, he just offers the information. You, as, as you were d- instructed by the rabbi, you don't ask questions. You just, he just offers the info. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what it is. I'm allowed to put things in a, instead of a question, I put things in a statement. Oh. I'll say something like, I don't know what today's weather is going to be like. Instead of saying, Tommy, what's the weather going to be like today? Mm-hmm. And I'm allowed to do that, mm-hmm. I found out. And they know when I'm asking a question without asking a question. Yeah. So now, it really it works out for me. I would think that it, it would be fairly obvious to most of the people listening that you are communicating with someone who is connected with the divine. Only because, yeah. 
your life is it's like it's it's flowing it's happening you're on purpose you're living your life's purpose uh, you're following the guidance of i'm going to call it your intuition you're calling it tommy uh, i call mine my friend i haven't given it a name i just say my friend <laughs> but um uh, I know a lot of people get a little concerned and then there are people who are very even whether they're and I don't know that much about the Jewish faith, but I do know about Christianity because that's what I was born and raised in Catholicism. I also worked for mm-hmm. 15 years for a Christian radio station. And what you're talking about, some would say, oh, no, 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 you don't don't go there. That's that's of the devil. You don't want to you don't want to go there. Um, what about you? How are you? Are you obviously you are certain uh, that this person is this entity is not. It's not out to harm you. It's not out to, to do any, any harm to you or anybody else. It's here to help you. Uh, was yes. that just apparent from the get-go? You don't have to sit there and go, are you of God? Of course, there's a question. Uh, because that's a lot of the preparatory stuff that a lot of mediums will do when they're calling in certain spirits and they want to protect themselves and coat themselves with the white light and so on and so on and so on. Tell us about that aspect of it. Uh, and your assurance that this is this is good to go. Okay, I'll explain it to you. Back in uh, 2016, I was visiting Tom. Tommy used to come all the time on Tuesdays, and I got actually written down. In 2016, I came down with um, bronchitis, cyanitis, and he came with me to the doctor's office. And I, I can see him through the, uh, the corner of my eye. I can see him. Okay. What he's wearing, what he's doing, I can see motion, things like that. I can see that. So I know something's there. Anyway, I was told by my doctor that I had to be on an antibiotic, but I couldn't touch my cholesterol medicine. I said, well, what happens if I touch it? He says, you'll die. I'm like, <laughs> really? And he said, yes. He says, you can, it will, there'll be a reaction and your heart will fail and you'll just die. And here I was, I came home, and my, I, my head was so jumbled up. And one time I went to reach for the medicine, and he took my hand away. He literally took my hand away, and he said to me, no, 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 you can't touch this. He says, I'm going to have to stay with you until you get better. Mm. And every, he, he's, been, he's been very good to me, yeah. very, very good. And I only know what he wants me to know, believe it or not. Whatever, yeah. it's on a need-to-know basis kind of thing, and that's how it works. So if you were, to, if you were to make a statement, uh, he's there visiting you, and you made a statement in regards to current events, let's say. doesn't matter what it is, just current events. If that has nothing to do with you and your life and the direction you're going and how he is a supporting and assisting you, He's, he's going to say that's unimportant or something along those lines because it's unimportant. It, 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 you need to be focused on uh, Joyce, not on, you know, what's going on in the rest of the world. Oh, yeah. I'm, he gets really upset with me when I stay up late at night and he's threatened to turn my computer down. <laughs> and he's done it three times. <laughs> he's done it. And my husband was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> he said, you you got to save your work because I'm turning your computer down. And he did. Yeah. And I said, okay, I'm going to bed. I'm going to sleep. Yeah. He's, he's there for that as well. It's very, very interesting that you have someone uh, who is there, uh, who can come in and, and come and go at, at, at will, and is there to support you, to guide you, to encourage you, uh, sometimes to admonish you to go to bed. <laughs> um, and it, 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 would you say that there is, uh, let's let's just say Tommy is a guardian angel. All right? Would He's you, like that. I okay. could believe that. Would you say that we all have one and that we just need to open ourselves up in order to be able to hear them and or even communicate with them. I mean, you, you have conversations with this, with, with Tom. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I believe that people can, you know, I believe that there are guardian angels. Everyone has one. I believe that, um, honestly, that 
the reason why some people can't pick things up is because they're just not open. We have like waves, like radio waves all the time um, going all over the place that has the future and has this and that and the other. And our souls are picking it up, but not always our consciousness is picking it up. And I just seem to have picked it up mm -hmm. on certain things because I have actually had world event um, future things um, I saw mm -hmm. in dreams or I saw 9-11. I saw the Oklahoma bombing. Mm. I saw what happened in Chicago with this guy that was running around killing Jewish people. I saw all that. Yeah. I, my, my husband was like, oh, my gosh, you know, he believes me and everything, but he still feels like Darren in some ways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, folks, if, really, you're, if you're wondering who Darren is, I think you're referring to Darren from Bewitched. Yeah, yes. that's right, huh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's he's like, okay, okay, but don't rock my world too much. You know? Exactly. Don't don't rattle my, my Yeah, don't rattle my cage. It's the same way. Yes. <laughs> it's the same way. We're talking we're talking with uh, Joyce Isaacson and uh, we're also talking about uh, the the latest work that has exploded from a book to a movie to an audiobook that is going to sound really really cool, I'm sure. And uh, it's called uh, Wish You Were Here. Um, it is a rock fantasy. Now, the phrase, wish you were here, is that coming from the one searching who's in paradise or the one who has left, the mate? It's basically the person that he's looking for. That's what Wish You Were Here is all about. Mm -hmm. And it's a, a friend was the one that coined the phrase. It's actually an album by Badfinger called Wish You Were Here. And um, there's also a Pink Floyd album, but Badfinger did it first. So <laughs> okay. they did it first. Very good. So and people should... Go ahead. The, people should really um, listen to Wish You Were Here, the album. It's a fantastic album. I'm, yeah. I'm going to say that. They so, should listen to it. So you're a big rock fan, especially yes. uh, going back to the 60s, 70s, uh, as far as that's concerned. One yes. of the things that I have noticed, and I wasn't when I was a kid growing up in high, great high school, uh, but I have a great appreciation for it today. Um, I, I probably wore out the cassette tape of Jesus Christ <laughs> Superstar, the rock opera, I absolutely loved listening to that thing. I mean, it was so cool. Uh, not just the voices, but obviously the lyrics and the music. And one of the things I heard about, uh, there was this uh, survey that was taken of um, uh, music lovers, if you will, uh, going back several decades. And they said that the music of today, and this isn't criticizing it, but it's observing the difference between the music of today and the music, even the rock music of the 60s and 70s, that it doesn't matter what you're listening to it on. I don't care if it's a cassette, it's an album, it's a CD, it's uh, an MP3. There isn't the fullness of the music today that there was back then, because even in rock music, they might even incorporate a full orchestra or horns, or other instrumentation you would not necessarily associate with rock music. And that is one of the things that has brought me around to, to really appreciating the, uh, the rock music of that era, of, that, of my teen years that I didn't really appreciate. I mean, I, I really enjoy Queen. I really enjoy my brother... Uh, loved them. He loved Kiss. He uh, um, a Cheap Trick. I love Kiss too. Cheap Trick, um, and and all of those in that genre. And now today, I can truly appreciate what they put out, the the the, the work that they created. It's just it's incredible. I mean, you know, I, I, yeah, most of them have that incredibly uh, twangy, hard guitar lick bridge in there. Sure, most of them do, and that's fine. But there's more to it than that, you know, and there's I more agree. and there's more to it than the driving drums, 
you know, and that's the beauty of it. Whereas today you don't you don't have quite that anymore unless you have people, younger people who have. And as I say, younger people, I, it's kind of weird. I, like, I'm 60 and now younger people are younger than me. Um, but they have grown to appreciate that music and said, you know what? We, we could do that. Why not? And so there are those who are developing that new style or bringing back that style. And I love it. I know a couple of bands like that. Um, the Wanteds, they're wonderful. Um, the Raz Band, um, Joey Mullen played with them. Um, my friend, he it's only a guitar right now, but he does like a Bob Dylan thing, and it's really, really good. Oh, wow. And they are going to be in my book, my audio book, and I'm so excited about this. I also have another friend, Stuart Howell. He's going to be doing, um, his, his, his band is called the Incubes, and he's going to be doing um, the final song for the story. It's, I'm really so excited wow. about this audio book yeah. and the book itself. I just, I mean, I was just talking to somebody the other day and they said to me, Joyce, this book is just fantastic. I'm just, I'm in, um, I did about one fourth of the book already. It's like, I can't wait to read more. I can't wait to read more. And I was getting that like three times yesterday. I was like, oh, wow. You know, this is really an amazing book. That's incredible. And same thing with the sequel. I mean, the sequel is out there on Facebook. And I do that. Uh, 1,000 words. And um, just to get their, you know, feet wet or whatever, taste in their mouth mm -hmm, and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. And it's just amazing. And the movie thing, it's, we're working on the um, getting the funding for it, hopefully in November. And I'm hoping to be in production by June. Oh. That's really, hopefully it will happen. Wow. So, and, you know, got plan B, too, if that uh, goes through. <laughs> it's always so good to I have a plan B. Plans. Yeah. You have to have plans. You have to plan A and B and C and stuff. And the problem with me is I'm always two or three steps ahead of everybody else. Yeah. That's something that I am. Yeah, well, you have Tommy to help you stay two or three steps ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know? I do. I really, really do. But you, you trust. I actually had a picture of Tommy on my wall. Uh -huh. I, had, I took a picture and I had a shadow on my wall and I took a pen and I drew where his nose was and his mouth and everything. Like, oh, my gosh, that's Tommy. Mm. That was him. Wow. And I've got to find that picture again. And um, I don't know where it is now. It's somewhere. And I've got something very special. I've got his cooking pot. And that was given to me by somebody who was close to um, the band. And um, what did he cook in there, the last thing? Pizza. <laughs> of course. That was his favorite dish. That was his <laughs> one of his favorites is he also likes curry oh. he loves curry just like all the english people they oh, like curry yeah. he finally got me a, a he told me try the curry it took me a month i tried it and i loved it here's the other weird thing that had happened we have paprika and the paprika my husband had it on the table and tommy moved it from one table to the other table that's what he did because my husband put it on that table and I couldn't find it. We found it on the other table. Oh, wow. <laughs> Incredible. Well, I love curry, too. We have this uh, beautiful Irish pub here in Santa Barbara called Dargan's, and I'll go in there and I will order their curry, uh, and I'll actually order it with fries, and it comes with rice, and I'll just mix it all together. Oh, and the curry is so good. It is so, so good. I love it. I have really enjoyed uh, our conversation here on the program today, and I'm very excited for you. And, and, and as I said earlier, you're not looking at an end game here. You're just looking at enjoying each step along the way, and who knows what the next step is going to be and the next step after that. And then, I mean... Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that I see this, but 
Who knows? Maybe somebody will sit down, take your book, and write a, um, I don't know how, uh, a script uh, to, for this thing to be performed on Broadway. Because it sounds like it could be, especially with the music incorporated into yeah. that. Would that be fun? Would that be fun? Oh, that would be excellent. <laughs> we're going to definitely have a soundtrack. Definitely. Oh, that's, when I, that's my big thing is we're going to have a yeah. soundtrack to the movie and everything. And I think that's going to work. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really, really, I'm, I'm so, I have to say I'm blessed with the friends that I have. Um, I was very shy about talking about Tommy being my life. A friend of mine said to me, you know what? She said, Tommy's in your life. Yeah. And then another person said, yeah, Tommy's in your life. I'm yep. like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just so shy. And then I met people and I told them and just little bits and tidbits. And I'm like, finally, it's just like, I had to tell them and said, okay, he's in my life, yeah. you know. Well, that's exciting. And they believe me. Yeah. They believe me. Then that's... And I wanted to say this. This yeah. is important that mm -hmm. there are other people out there who have experiences. And I really believe that they should not be afraid to come forward and say their experiences to other people. You know, talk here, about here. it. Here, here. I really believe that there are people that are in the closet, so to speak, that they're scared. They're saying, okay, I experienced this. This is taboo. This is taboo. I'm like, no, this is not taboo. This is not. And I think the more people start to understand this, the better for that person. Yeah. That's so important. That's I, we, we say that on this. I say that on this program all the time. That your experiences are just that they are your experiences and there is no one, not me, not anyone else who is, I am definitely not going to say no, no, because it doesn't say it in the book. So it didn't happen to you. Absolutely not. If you had that experience, it has now shaped who you are today. And for someone to take that away from you by uh, uh, defaming you or, or discrediting what you're saying or uh, discouraging you from talking about it. Oh, that that is to that's to me the unpardonable sin, if you will. Um, people's experiences uh, form so much of who and what they are. And in your case, the experiences you've had over the last 20, 30, 40 years, th they've shaped who you are today and what you are what you are creating. And I say what you are creating with with the obvious proviso that through you, and the support, encouragement, and inspiration of so many others living in this world and not living in this world. Tommy, I'm talking about you. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and, and that's one of the other things that I, I mentioned, too, is that I'm here talking with you today because of all of the things that have come my way over the last 40, 50, 60 years, if you will. Uh, but I didn't get here on my own. I got here talking with you, Joyce Isaacson, about I wish you were here because of thousands and thousands of people over the decades. And uh, I, I, I can't name them all, but I acknowledge them all and thank them for doing so. And I know you do the same thing. Uh, and do. Uh, do me a favor. Next time you do chat with uh, with Tommy, just tell him I said hi. I think that what he's oh, yes. doing... Is a great, Definitely. just he's he's doing a great work through you. He really is, and and I'm so glad that you've got that. We're talking with Joyce. I Go ahead. I believe that this story could not have happened without him. It yeah. just it would not have happened. And another thing I wanted to add is that another thing is that because of what we're going through right now with the pandemic, and unfortunately people are passing away. Mm. I'm also trying to give them hope that there is definitely an afterlife and that they are okay yeah and well moving forward well, that's we, important we thank you oh yes very very we have been talking with joyce isaacson here on uh, tell me your story uh joyce i have three final questions i want to ask you before we wrap up but i want to remind our listeners 
This program is here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Monday mornings at 1 a.m. Streaming live at richarddugan.com. Podcast broadcasts are on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, and a whole bunch of other places. If you like what we're doing, please help us out financially by going to PayPal or Patreon and and, uh, giving us whatever support you can. We'll take energetic support, too. Send us some good energy this way. And please participate in 2020, the year of perfect vision, as well as the 2020s, the decade of perfect vision. We'll start that now. Uh, And uh, get involved in yourself. Go within. Maybe you may find that same archangel, that same guardian angel <clears throat> that uh, that that Joyce has found in her life may not be the same. It may not be Tommy, but it may be someone else who is there. I, I know that growing up as a Catholic, they always told us that we always had a guardian angel with us. And so, uh, you know, you've got to trust that they're there. They're there to help you. They're there to support. All you have to do is call on them and uh, say, hey, <clears throat> where are you? How I need to talk to you. Uh, um uh, you know, and and maybe again, put it in the context of statements, not questions, because uh, they are not prophets or mediums. They're there to ho- no. help and support you, and you have to, you have to uh, seek out the answers yourself in that respect. Uh, in that, no one's just going to hand it to you, and uh, so please do that during this year and this decade of the yeah. 2020s. So, my first question for you. Author of Wish You Were Here. You said you're also on Facebook. Uh, it is a rock <laughs> fantasy. First question is, who is Joyce Isaacson? Oh, that's an interesting question. And, uh, well, um, I think that I'm pretty creative. I like to draw. I love to write. Um I'm a, I'm a mother. I'm a grandmother, believe it or not. Uh, try to make good meals for my husband. I take care of a cat. Um, sometimes I feel like, um, how can I explain this? I get down on myself sometimes. And I feel like everything's sort of coming down on my head. <laughs> unfortunately, sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I doubt myself. I really do. I have these doubts. And if it wasn't for my friends on this side and the friends on the other side, I don't know where I would be, honestly. I always ask God. I say, God, help me with this, help me with that, and everything like that. I do pray and stuff like that. And the answers and the comfort starts to come, which is a good thing, but I just I don't like say, okay, Tommy, where you know where are you? Where are you? Or whatever you know, talk to me. Blah 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 blah. I say, I say, please God, please help me. You know, and sometimes I'll say to Tommy, I say, I'll just say hello. You know, something like that. But uh, I don't go into. I let him basically lead the conversation and stuff like that. The other day, I admit I felt really sick, and I didn't feel well. And he kept saying to me, oh, you're not feeling well? I said, no, I'm not feeling well. I wanted to just upcheck, unfortunately. And um, he said, why don't you go lie down and see how you feel and everything? So I went and lie down, and we talked. And he told me some things, and he told me some things in the future, and I'm still waiting for those things to happen. But I'm not going to say what they are because I believe that some things in, will not happen if you say them until mm-hmm. they actually materialize. So, but, that's, but I don't use him as a medium. I don't use him you know, as, as a prophet. I'm not a prophet. I'm just, you know, I'm the divine inspiration is guess the is the word, I guess it would say, that, um, and a lot of people have it, and they shouldn't know not to be afraid of it. They shouldn't know that, and that's that's the bottom line. Okay, they have to not be afraid. Question They're number always trust in God. Mm-hmm. Question number two: 
What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you're doing now? Oh, okay. Well, first of all, I would like to get some money from the movie and everything, and also from the book. And I would like to move to Israel where my brother is, actually, and um, be near him. Um, I don't want to downsize. My husband's like, we're going to downsize. I'm like, no, we're not. We're not going to do that. <laughs> and um, the other thing I wanted to do is help my brother with money. And I have a girlfriend that I want to help fix her roof. So I have people to help. Mm-hmm. And if I'm in that position to help, I'm going to. I'm going to do it. Okay. I'm also giving from the book a, a a percentage of to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline for the book. So that's really important. And um, I also, I'm supposed to get hopefully some money coming in from a friend who's who said he believes so much in my book and my movie, he wants to give me some um, money for it. And I want to help some of my other friends with that as well. Okay. These are the things I want to do. I want to be in that position to help. And finally, what is your life's purpose? My life's purpose, I think, is to help people um, um, and to entertain them, um, to give them hope. That's another thing that I believe in, encouragement. Um, let's see, I want to make them happy. That's another thing I want to do. I compliment as much as I can to people because I think that it really helps them in the long run. Those things are important to me as well. Well, Joyce Isaacson, I thank you so much for uh, being here on the program. We look forward to talking with you again as all of these incredible uh, happenings unfold from the book to the movie to the audio book. Uh, and uh, we look forward to, to uh, getting uh, some, some fresh reports about uh, some guidance Tommy has given you and some insights that you have uh, achieved over the, uh, over the course of time uh, um, uh, when we do talk to you again. So please, let's stay in touch. Let's have you back uh, for yeah. a follow-up, especially in light of the sequel. I wanted to say that my book is on Pendant Publications, and it's also on Amazon. And um, and the, the sequel will hopefully be on pre-order very soon. Mm-hmm. So we'll have that going. Um, I, As I mentioned, the newsletter, people can reach me if they would like to join my newsletter. It's at SharonJ0023 at Yahoo.com. So people... It's becoming very interesting, this newsletter. I have a bad finger contest I'm running, believe it or not. And you can win a $5 gift certificate um, from Amazon. Hmm. You answer the questions. And in time, it's sort of a rapid bad finger um, thing on on, uh, email. And for the Facebook fans, uh, how would they find you on Facebook? Um, Wish you were here. A Rock Fantasy uh, by Joyce Isaacson. Um, let's see. Let's That's basically how you okay. find me. All right. Well, um, we'll, uh, we will uh, stay in touch with you, and uh, we'll let people know how to get in touch with you as well, whether it be the email yeah. or the Facebook. And, again, we thank you so much for being here on Tell Me Your Story. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for your time. You bet. I'm Richard Dugan. This has been Tell Me Your Story, and I'd like to thank you for listening to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Until our next broadcast podcast, love to lol.